Today on We Here, a reality star is being charged after a deadly crash in LA involving a YouTube comedian. We'll break down the details. We know the reason Vanderpump Rules star Sheena Shea got a rough edit. And why is Priyanka Chopra saying it's a good idea to wear high heels with sweatpants? Coming up next on We Here. Oh my God. We're on page six? No. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Maggie, well-placed sources exclusively have told me that today is your birthday. Happy your- birthday. Thank you. Your sources are correct. It is You're my You're confirming birthday. this story? A rep for Coglin confirmed our report. <laughs> my plans are to fire off an incredible podcast right now for everybody. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And later on, eat some pizza with a pal, you know, socially distance and oh my eat God. pizza. Zoom, that sounds like Zoom birthday parties were very cute at the beginning of quarantine. But now I'm like, I can FaceTime you one-on-one. You can text me. That's cool. I don't need to see everyone standing around, like, having a drink and looking at each other on a screen. I'm good. (laughs) You had told me that early on in this thing, you had even gone to a Zoom surprise party. Yeah, I had. And it was cool because that was March, but it's May 12th, and (laughs) it's a long time. (laughs) I actually have to say, this sounds to me like the ideal birthday. Just eating pizza, you know, with a friend or with, like, one other person. Mm-hmm. I, um, I always, the thing is like, yeah, I, I always have this weird thing of like, I don't like doing big birthday things and in a very kind of eighth grade pouty way. Um, but then of course, when, when nothing happens for my birthday, then I also get very eighth grade and pouty, like, well, no one did anything for my birthday. But the thing is, but that's just me, Maggie, I have psychological problems, but the, um, I'm the same way. I'm exactly the same way. <laughs> but in this case, it kind of takes that, you know, because usually I'm like, oh, I don't want to do anything. And then no one does anything. And I'm like, oh, no one did anything. But in this case, it's kind of great because like the pressure is totally off for the birthday. You can have your ideal birthday or my ideal birthday pizza with a pal. And it's just like, there you go. It's perfect. You can just be selfish on your birthday. Yeah, honestly, I'm just so psyched to have my health and my job right now that that feels like a celebration enough. Speaking of going out, Maggie, and doing actual things and, you know, not wearing sweatpants, I've been thinking about kind of the top things that I miss during the coronavirus pandemic now that we're all locked down. And, you know, the number one thing that I miss, I have to say, and it's very selfish, is that tattoo parlors have been closed because Mm. my local and favorite tattoo parlor is closed. And I've even gone by there and I just look at it with the gate down and I'm just so sad because it's completely derailed my entire midlife crisis. My (laughs) midlife crisis is now way behind schedule of getting all these crazy tattoos. And we had on the podcast, we were having a lot of fun with a regular segment of sort of celebrity tattoos, because every week a celebrity was going out there and getting some either great or cockamamie, you know, tattoo, and then we would critique it. And we loved sort of talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I also missed that segment because all tattoo parlors are shut down, can't even do that segment. But there is some tattoo news out there that we can talk about on the podcast. Say, so I'm excited, even though 
it's kind of a grim story. That part I'm not excited about. It's a sad story and it's it's a weird and like wild story for this time because it involves people being at a party and then a drunken car crash. Right. So an Ink Master star named Daniel Silva was arrested. He was reportedly arrested and charged with murder on Monday after allegedly crashing a car in Los Angeles that resulted in the death of a YouTube comedian named Corey Labarry. Yeah, and for those people who don't know him, we can talk about this more in a minute. Ink Master is a reality TV show that's sort of like, uh, you know, Top Chef, except on Top Chef, you're cooking recipes, and on Ink Master, you're doing tattoos. The thing about this story that is very unusual is that TMZ is reporting that, that these two friends were at a birthday party, right? The YouTube comic, it was his birthday and that they were actually at a birthday party before this car crash and then they left and that I guess that they were, you know, had been drinking at the party and then hopped into McLaren, uh, which is like an insanely expensive sports car. And then we're driving in LA when Silva crashed the car. Yeah, allegedly Silva hit a street sign and a tree and Corey LaBerry took the brunt of the wreck, and he was pronounced dead uh, upon arriving at the hospital. Yeah, so LaBerry was just 25 years old. And as I said, yeah, TMZ has reported that they had been at a party earlier in the evening for his birthday. TMZ also reported that they had been seen drinking and that LaBerry's mother confirmed his death on Instagram by posting, My heart breaks right now. On my son's 25th birthday, he was very drunk and got into a car with a drunk driver. No words can describe the sadness I feel. Uh, she also wrote, it just feels so unreal and I'm overwhelmed with grief. I love you so much, Corey, and will miss you so, so much. It's just unfair. So if you haven't heard of LaBerry, he um, he's an Australian who had moved to L.A. And I guess he had hundreds of thousands of followers on social media for his comedy routines. And he was on a YouTube series called The Reality House. So it's a pretty bizarre story because we just haven't heard anything like this in terms of people being out, people being out at parties. The Post reported recently that there was actually a club in Manhattan that was allegedly open for sort of small gatherings, although the um, the hotspot denied that anyone was partying there. Um but I don't know if this is an indicator of people just deciding, you know, in New York and L.A. to kind of loosen their own um, social distancing and go out and party. And uh, it's this it's just such a weird story. And obviously, it's still developing. Silva, apparently, according to TMZ, is still in the hospital and suffered a uh, a broken hip. And they're saying that the cops charged him there. So. Mm. I'm sure there's going to be more to this story. So, Ian, who is Danielle Silva? So, Daniel Silva... Okay, so, Maggie, do you watch Ink Master? Are you an Ink Master fan? No. Okay. I've never I'm seen gonna, an episode. I'm going to assume that a lot of our listeners might be like you more than me. So, here's the thing. I'm obsessed with Ink Master. First of all, in the tattoo world, I think that Ink Master is widely derided. It's not very cool in the tattoo world to like Ink Master. And I think a lot of tat like a lot of legitimate tattoo artists make fun of the show and sort of think it's garbage and, you know, and and that it's embarrassing, etc. Um because the thing about the show, but 
the the thing is that there's not that many outlets. Like if you're interested in tattoos, it's like there's not a lot of other shows or places out there besides, mm-hmm. you know, there's Instagram and then there's other like some more like obscure kind of forums. But it's like if you want to watch a t- TV and you're interested in tattoos, like Ink Master at this point is sort of the only game in town. So the thing about the show that's kind of amazing, though, is that like on Top Chef, for example, right, the idea is that they give you a kind of challenging recipe to make and mm-hmm. with like with with like their ingredients missing. There's like, you know, limited time, I guess, you know, we're on like the great British baking show or something like that. And people are trying to figure out. And then at the end, they're like, oh, man, your souffle was like a total disaster, you know, whatever. But in this case... <laughs> The souffle is a tattoo on like someone's neck. So basically on Ink Master, they kind of like, they're like, all right, let's bring out the human canvases. So these these are are real tattoos that people are getting as part of a reality show. Like your stint as a contestant on this reality show can be short, but that tattoo is forever. That's what you mean to tell me? Exactly. So like at the beginning, let's say they're like 18 contestants, right? And they're like, all right. And then like, obviously the majority of them, they're all going to get like knocked off until I, there's like three ink potential ink masters in the final. So it's like, if you go on the show and you're like the human canvas and you got the tattoo from, you could get the tattoo from the first person to get voted off the show, mm-hmm. you know? And the thing that's, that's crazy is that they try to make the challenges like harder and harder. Um, so people go on there and they're like, okay, you know, they ask the human canvas, like, what do you want? And like, they'll say like, I want, you know, like a dolphin, like a realistic dolphin turning into a wizard, you know, <laughs> exploding into a galaxy, you know, on my ribs, which uh, always on Ink Master is like the toughest place. And it's like to tattoo. And it sounds and, like, like Lisa Frank copyrighted that years ago, to be quite honest. <laughs> Right. So like the artist will even be saying to the human canvas, listen, man, like, honestly, like the ribs is the worst spot to get a tattoo. It's so painful. It's very hard to tattoo there. You know, the tattoo you want would take at least 10 hours. We have 90 minutes to do this tattoo. Like I highly recommend that you, you know, we do a a little dolphin on your arm and the person's like, no, I have to have the dolphin, you know, spinning into a galaxy and turning into a wizard. There are also like terrible things. There's like portrait day where they do these portraits of people's <laughs> loved ones and they'll be like it's totally jacked up look at that grandma's mouth it's all fucked up that looks like jaws too and they're like ah i mean so it's basically the best show of all time you just did more pr for this show than their actual pr department this show sounds so good that i'm now gonna look it up and start watching it's the best show it's like it's so great it, the thing about it is it's so bad so it's like you binge watch it and then it's just one of those it's one of the perfect reality shows because you watch it and then you're like i feel so bad like i feel morally bankrupt and spiritually bereft something is wrong i can't watch this show anymore and then you're like i have to watch 19 (laughs) more episodes of ink master the tattooers who go on ink master have different levels of experience so Mm -hmm. sometimes there could be a guy who goes on there and like everyone kind of knows them like they're like Mm -hmm. oh snap it's crazy uncle louie he's been a legend in the business and then they'll be like there's always some young upstarts so daniel silva he had two years of tattooing experience His storyline was basically that he had been homeless and he found tattooing, which got him off the streets. He's a very good looking guy. He really has like male model looks. Mm -hmm. So he became kind of a big star of the show. And um, he didn't become Ink Master. He did go 
kind of he did go pretty far on the show, but then his claim to fame came later on a spin-off Maggie called Ink Master Angels. So on Ink Master Angels, there are three women contestants from Ink Master. One of them became the first female Ink Master, Ryan Ashley. Um and they have their own show where they judge tattoos. Anyway, Daniel Silva, I know this is like TMI Ink Master, but Daniel Silva actually went on Ink Master Angels and he won an episode of Ink Master Angels by defeating one um, pretty established tattooer in San Francisco. And then he had to face off against Ryan Ashley, who was a legitimate crowned Ink Master champion, and he did beat her. So obviously, if he was jumping into a McLaren, he ended up doing pretty well. I think Ink Master can like launch some tattoo artists' careers. Ryan Ashley is certainly pretty huge. But as I say, in the kind of more like cool, legit tattooing world, a lot of people make fun of this show, which is why until now I've had to watch it in secrecy. Well, Ian, I accept you for who you are. That means a lot to be baggy. Thank you. If you're obsessed with Vanderpump rules like Ian and I are and talk about all the time, you know that Sheena Shea usually doesn't get that great of an edit. Last season, she was boy crazy. This season, we're seeing her talking about romance with Stassi Schroeder's little brother. And we finally have a reason for why she is getting a rough cut. Yeah, apparently an editor on the Bravo show went on another podcast as i say i keep wondering all there's all this news being broken these days on all these wackadoodle podcasts i I don't know maybe this isn't a wackadoodle podcast the twisted plot podcast are you familiar with that one maggie i'm not but now i'm gonna be very familiar yeah it seems like there's an editor for the hit bravo series vanderpump rules who went on a podcast and has pulled back the curtain on the editing process And I guess she sort of revealed that she might have relished making Sheena Shea look bad on the show. Now, these were all moments that were actually filmed, so she didn't Mm -hmm. need a lot of help. But apparently in terms of picking what went into the show, she kind of made Sheena look not so good. What what did she say? So the editor, whose name is Bree Dellinger, said, If Sheena knows what's good for her, she'd befriend me because my favorite game is finding all the embarrassing things that Sheena does and putting them in. And later she joked that if Sheena was going to write a memoir, the title should be Death by a Million Embarrassments. Brutal. I mean, Sheena Shea makes for great TV, as we all know. She's been a staple on the show from the beginning. But I will say she has had a rough go of it the past two seasons. They have her super emotional, looking kind of crazy. Well, that's true. Basically, Sheena, when Sheena, Sheena got married on the show, right, to Shay, right? <laughs> Shay was the guy that she married. So she married a guy named Mike Shea, who on the show they called Shea. When she got married, she changed her name to Sheena Shea. When they split up, she changed her name to Sheena Marie, which is her middle name. And I believe the name that she performs hits such as good as gold under. Right. Not to be confused with Tina Marie. But the, um, <laughs> the yeah, so when she, she, w- she got married on the show and her initial plot line a few seasons ago that was her big thing was, you know, her wedding planning and being like kind of bridezilla-y. Um, and they did her wedding. I remember she actually is, I think, one of the only brides to ever wear a wedding dress that involved a crop top. 
an iconic statement for uh, a bridal moment, if you will. It was it was definitely pioneering. But at that time, you had the guests at the wedding looking more foolish than the bride herself, right? It was sort of <laughs> the show made more fun of Kristen because you remember that at Sheena Shea's wedding, Kristen got into a drunken brawl with her then boyfriend or maybe on off boyfriend Jamie Kennedy in the parking lot and like James Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy is another guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jamie Kennedy had that MTV show. Yeah. That yeah. was like the Jamie Kennedy experience. Anyway, Sheena, she had the wedding. Then her her marriage went south. And it took a serious turn because her husband, Mike Shea, had an addiction problem. Sheena's dreams of the perfect marriage went up in smoke. And she was dealing with his addiction problem. And then, of course, she went through her divorce. So her plot line was like pretty serious for a while, but it's Mm -hmm. like once she started dating again, right? Because then she was, um, once she started dating again, the show kind of began to use her as this sort of man crazy, manipulative, Mm -hmm. um, desperate, thirsty character who was just like desperate to basically get married again. And her foibles, it's just gotten worse and worse, right? So- we're on season eight. If you've been watching, you've seen Sheena talk about everything from buying a guy she was hooking up with an Apple Watch as a Thanksgiving present. She's crying at a birthday party. She talks about freezing her eggs and where how she's not where she wants to be in her life. So an insider told Page6.com's Chelsea Hirsch that Sheena is definitely frustrated with how she's been portrayed. She's not the type to pop off when she feels slighted by an unflattering edit. She signed on to be part of a reality show, which which requires her to share her life highs and lows. She just wishes audiences got to see a bit more of a balanced view of her life and not just the most cringe-worthy moments. So she's feeling it. Well, also, yeah, uh, among other cringe-worthy moments on the show recently were one is she moved to Marina Del Rey, which was a big plotline on the show because (laughs) all of the other characters live like, well, now they all live like next door to each other, but they had all lived sort of in in a similar area. And obviously they were working at the rest, Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants, Pump and Sir and Villa Blanca, which are all in West Hollywood. So Sheena moved way out to Marina Del Rey and everyone was making fun of her for that at her pad out there. But then um, the other thing was she was hazing. So Vanderpump Rules um, tried to inject some new life right into the series by introducing some new characters that work at the restaurants because Sheena and these other characters are obviously now all reality stars. So they don't I mean, it, it seems ridiculous that they would be working shifts as waiters and busboys and, you know, bartenders at a restaurant anymore because they're they're full-fledged reality stars. But Sheena was shown, right, hazing the new cast, right? She was sort of like mm-hmm. lording. There was, there was one um, waitress in particular that she didn't like because the waitress was moving in on Sheena's a guy Sheena had hooked up with, right? So she was hazing her. So they have made her look pretty bad, but I don't think they've needed a lot of help. The thing that apparently is curious though, Maggie, about this interview um, on, what was this podcast called again? The plot? Twisted Plot Podcast. Twisted Plot. So the the there is a plot twist in this Twisted Plot Podcast story. 
because apparently the episodes that this editor appeared on and talked about Sheena have been deleted from Apple Podcasts, according to our report. I cannot wait for the Vanderpump Rules conspiracy theories to roll in. Just because we are stuck at home doesn't mean fashion has to suffer. Or at least that's what Priyanka Chopra believes. So she told InStyle that while she's quarantining in Los Angeles with her husband, Nick Jonas, she's been wearing high heels with all of her casual outfits. And I'm not talking about like Nine West kind of commuter high heels. I'm talking about Christian Louboutins, pointy, high, tough on the ankles. So the criticism is that she's kind of being a bit of an Amelda Marcos during quarantine. I mean, why why would you critique someone for wearing high heels and sweatpants during quarantine? Well, because she says, they look good with sweatpants. If you want to feel a little bit more normal right now, you wear an amazing pair of Louboutins with your sweatshirt, put your hair down, add some red lipstick, and you're dressed up for dinner. Listen, I'm all for self-care. I've been wearing makeup every single day because I feel like it makes me look better on moments like this when I'm talking to all of you guys. But the idea that a pair of shoes that retails around $700 is a state of normalcy for anyone shows how far-reaching she is from what the general public is experiencing right now. Got it. Once again, Maggie, it's like... You have totally flipped the script in my mind because now I understand the controversy. It's like there are people out there who are losing their jobs, et cetera, worrying about this whole thing. And then her her solution is to throw on a $700 pair of shoes. Um, right. Like you could say, wear high heels, wear red lipstick. That's cool. Do you need to name drop the brand of the very expensive designer shoe you're wearing? Probably not. I think I'm going to take a little piece of advice from this and I'm going to slip into a pair. I don't have Christian Louboutin, but, um, but I'm going to see, I don't know, maybe I will. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I, if I show up maybe just as a goof, I don't know if there are, yeah, I will put on some high heels with these sweatpants just to try and, you just know, to, kick it up a notch. Switch it up, do a Priyanka on him, Ian, stunt yeah. on him. Didn't Priyanka Chopra also get some heat for something else while isolating in her luxury abode? Yes. So I want to say it was mid-March that she showed her appreciation for first responders by clapping from her balcony. You know, in New York, we're doing that every night at 7. People are banging pots and pans and cheering. And it's, it's really kind of heartwarming to think that we're all in this together and we're cheering for the people who are out there on the front lines saving lives, you know. But Priyanka is on this balcony kind of clapping into the abyss, the rolling hills from her Hollywood, like from her <laughs> L.A. mansion. It's just insane. It, it looks like she should be like telling a country what to do next, you know, like dictating politics from her balcony. Like Evita. Exactly. I love it. It's like it's very Marie Antoinette kind of a move. I mean, I guess so. So basically she's clapping and there's no one else around because she lives in a palace on a hill. And then there would just be like the one. The sound that's what it sounds of like. one hand clapping. Woohoo! See, that's true. And I guess if you're isolating, you don't have your whole staff there. Because you could, like if I was going to appear on the balcony, you could also make like your butler come out and clap. You know what I mean? And all the maids <laughs> and your valet um, and a Jonas brother or two. Yeah. 
You know, I, I, I've said before, Maggie, that one of my looks from back in the day that my wife also really hated but turned out to be quite fashionable by accident was sweatpants and Sorrells. Sorrells are those kind of high-quality high snow boots. Yeah, I'm familiar. So the sweatpants and the Louboutins could be a thing. I wouldn't count it out yet. Priyanka could be onto something. And this look could survive coronavirus. Well, that's it for this episode of We Here. Our show is produced by Jamila Zara-Williams and Melissa Caceres. We would love to hear your questions and your ideas for the show. If there are any celebrities you would like us to cover, please send us an email at podcasts at nypost.com. If you would like to hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. And don't forget to leave us a review. We will be back tomorrow with more Page Six exclusives. See you then.